Welcome to On The Daily, a podcast about finding the acoustic you. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary. I am a serial optimist and a champion of people who has long been on a search to truly see people and help you peel back all of your layers and become the most acoustic, authentic, and best version of yourself. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. I hope you are well wherever you are whenever you're hearing this. My name is Danielle, and I am the host of On The Daily. I'm pumped about this episode, guys. This chick, Gia Gallinello, she's a health coach. She is, I mean, so, so wise in all things health and wellness and mindset and how all of our systems are so interconnected. And I could not be more excited for you to hear this episode. We talk about the importance of sleep. We talk about the importance of water. We talk about the importance of paying attention to the food that you're eating and the products that you're putting on your body. We talk about cancel culture. I mean, the list goes on. We talk about it. If you are a person who is just like you want to be healthy and you want to be empowered in the way that you treat your body, but maybe you don't know where to start, this is the episode for you for sure. If you are just joining our podcast, welcome to the family. So glad you're here. We've been doing this thing since January. So there are a lot of episodes and none of them are in sequential order. So pick one that resonates with you dive in. If you love what you're hearing, hit that subscribe button. Obviously, we love Apple Podcasts, but you can listen to this anywhere that podcasts are you know, available. But give us a subscribe, maybe a rating, a review. Come find us on Instagram, all the things. But I'm so excited that you're here and I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. Before we get into this, though, I have to talk about my new favorite gadget, I'm not an appliance person. I would be the person that wouldn't want to put any appliances in my house, but that's just the absolute farthest from the truth. We have so many. But my new favorite one is the almond cow. Have you guys heard of the almond cow? It's basically an at-home almond milk or nut milk maker. And it is the simplest freaking thing. We bought one because I, of course, like Instagram told me I needed one. And I was like, okay, Instagram, thanks so much. We bought one. It came with the machine. It came with like two old, remember those old school milk jars that are just glass with the plastic top? Came with two of those. Came with a huge bag of almonds, a huge bag of cashews, a huge bag of non-glyphosate and non-GMO oats, which if you don't know about oat milk and how kind of unhealthy it actually is. Go look at it. But these are good oats and it comes with coconut shreds. And then you basically pour the nuts into this little barrel. You fill the tub with water. You hit the button on top. It takes literally less than two minutes and you have an entire jar of nut milk. And I bought some hazelnuts because hazelnut milk is my favorite. But I used to buy hazelnut milk that costs like $6 a carton. And so I bought hazelnuts and I've been making hazelnuts. So basically I'm a farmer now. I am a nut milk farmer. And if you want to also be a nut milk farmer, I have a discount code. You're going to want to go to the affiliate link in our show notes. You could also go to almondcow.com and then at checkout, you're going to use Danielle 15. That's my name and the number one five. You're going to get $15 off your purchase, but go check it out. Let me know what you think. Enjoy. Okay. So a few weeks ago, I was asked to try Organifi, which is a superfood company. And I am always down to try things that are good for me. And I have been using their red drink and their gold drink. Their red drink is all of your essential reds. Your gold drink is all of your turmeric and things that help you kind of wind down at the end of the night. I've been using them for a couple of weeks now and I've really noticed a difference. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables as it is, but having a dedicated red drink to make sure that I'm getting all of my beets and reds, raspberries, apples, all of my reds, fruits and veggies into my system very quickly. And then having a turmeric infused drink to have at night to calm me down and get my head away from any of the stress that's happening in my life. I'm obsessed with these products. I think you will be too. If you are interested in giving them a shot, head over to Organifi.com. Use my code on the daily for 20% off. And let me know what you think. I'm loving them. So give them a shot. See if you like them too. Y'all, two words. Almond cow. If you haven't heard of it, 
where have you been? It's all over Instagram. It is the at-home nut milk maker that literally you press a button, easy cleanup. It takes two minutes and you have your own homemade nut milk. You can literally put any nut you want in there. It will just blend it right up. And there's no added ingredients, obviously, because you make it yourself. We are obsessed with ours. We use it every single day. And if you want one, you can use my code. There's an affiliate link in our show notes, or you can go to Almond Cow's website and then use Danielle15 at checkout. That's Danielle15. Enjoy. Hello on the Daily Family. It's your host, Danielle. I am joined today by Gia Golanello. Did I say that right? I've been practicing. You did. <laughs> Point. Oh my gosh. I, you know, I'm okay with Italian, like I love Italian names and I'm usually pretty good with them. And then every once in a while I'll say it wrong and I feel so bad. <laughs> so I'm so <laughs> glad I got it. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to get, to get into this stuff. So everybody who's listening, I talk about this a lot. I get asked, I've asked most of my guests to come on this show because I know them, we're friends, we work together, like whatever. So it's few and far between. And I was so excited when I got an email from Gia. She's like, here's what I have to offer. I'm a health coach. I have all these this certifications. There's all these things we could talk about. And then her and I got on the phone. She's like the raddest human ever. And I know that like you're going to absolutely blow people's minds today. So A, thank you for reaching out. And B, I'm so pumped that you're here. <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> I'm so pumped to be here. Yeah. And thank you for thank thank you for the response. I'm so glad you were into it. I listened to a few episodes and I was like, we gotta, we gotta do this. Hopefully. I was oh my like, god, hoping. I'm so pumped. <laughs> so pumped. So I start every episode with a clearing. If you've heard the episodes, you know. So anything you need to clear for those of you listening, like I can see her right now. She has like the most pristine white room. And like I see like a city out the back. You have like a very beautiful, peaceful space behind you, but what do you need to clear? Anything going on that you like want to talk about? Yeah. I mean, it is, it is a nice, we have nice whites and brights and yeah, I'm feeling good in the room, but honestly, funny enough, the way that this happened, me reaching out to you, this might be a weird, this might sound weird that this is my clearing, but I think a little bit of like imposter syndrome-y things with podcasts. I'm always like, whenever I listen to someone's previous episodes and I hear all these people who have done all these amazing things, I'm like, who am I? to be on this show, you know, who wants to hear anything that I have to say. So I think that's my clearing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you're not the only one that feels that way. I literally, that's like why I didn't start a podcast for years because I was like, I don't have any business starting a podcast, but you're in the right place. I promise you. We're so happy you're here. I would love to clear that LA traffic is starting to return. And for the last year, we have been very lucky in the sense of a blessing of COVID was that nobody was on the roads. And so for the first time since I've lived in Los Angeles, which is pretty much my whole life, there has been no traffic. And now traffic is kind of starting to pick back up again. And just my sense of time is a little off. And so I was out this morning, had was like, oh, I will absolutely be back in time. And then I wasn't. And when my time integrity is off, I get really self-conscious. So I'm clearing that I feel bad that we started this interview a couple minutes later than than planned. No, we're, it's, it's out. It's gone. <laughs> we're just going to start fresh. Yeah. It's gone. Okay. So I want <laughs> you to tell everybody, like, who is Gia? Where are you from? What do you do? What led you to the work that you do now? Tell everybody. Who are you? Yeah. So I'm, as you mentioned, I have a city behind me. I'm in Jersey City, but I've lived in Manhattan for most of my, a big chunk of my adulthood. But I started off my career, you know, I went to school for business, for finance, because I was just kind of like one of those, I don't know, where do you get a job? Where do you make money? I guess I'll do business, checked off the box, right? And then did that for a long, long time and just was never happy with any of those positions. I had worked at multiple companies and I was like, what is this thing? I always was into health and fitness and I did some personal training on the side for a while and then ended up in this marriage that was not the right marriage. <laughs> but while I was doing that, I had a little stint of entrepreneurship, entrepreneur, what's the word? Um, the hardest oh, word in the yeah. world, entrepreneurship, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like I can never spell it. I can never say it with working with my, my ex-husband and his business. And then I kind of was like, wait a minute, 
maybe this is what's off. Like I don't like working for these corporations and I kind of had that taste. And I was also doing personal training at the time. So that sort of whole life stage. And as you know, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into, then I ended up getting divorced and kind of having to start over. I had to leave that quote job, we'll call it, but it was, you know, running that business. So I had no job. I had no place to live. I was like, all right, we're starting over. No marriage, no job, no anything. Let's start over. And that's kind of when that led me to health coaching and getting that certification and just leaning into that. That's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like whenever somebody tells me that they're getting a divorce, my first instinct is always to say congratulations, because I'm not like sinister in that I want everybody to get divorced. But if you're making the choice to get divorced, then clearly there was something not working about that relationship. And nothing makes me more sad than when people stay in relationships that are no longer serving them just because of a marriage contract or, you know, whatever it is that they think they need to stay for. And so I always want to say congratulations. And I get so pumped when people Because it's not like that marriage you were in didn't serve you at the time. Like you learned lessons clearly from what I'm hearing. It taught you so much about entrepreneurialism and it taught you about how to have better relationships with people and it led you to everything you're doing now. So never, I always say like, I never regret getting married. I never regret going through that. And I'm glad that I was able to finally stand up and say, this is no longer serving me. And then let that be a catalyst for a whole world of possibilities, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think so often we get, we're in a situation, whether it's a marriage or a job, a career path, and we think, okay, I'm too far in, like it's too late to start over with whatever it is, whether it's career, you're like, I can't, what am I going to go back to school? I'm, I'm 30, when am I going to go back to school? And the answer is always, this is outlandish, but it's not. You really have to recognize that you you have a long life to live. You don't want to, no matter what age you're at or what stage you're at, you can always start something new. Yeah. So you did IIN, right? It's the Integrative Institute of Nutrition. Institute. Is that what it is? Yep. Institute for Integrative Inst- Nutrition. I reversed it. <laughs> Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I have so many friends that have done that program and are absolutely obsessed with it. So you did that program. You became a health coach. What are you doing now? What does your day-to-day look like? Yeah, it varies, which is kind of the nice part. And I do also still do a a little bit of corporate to balance the income. Yeah, so that's, I'm getting there. We're getting there. (laughs) But So day-to-day is definitely varied. And there's a lot going on there. And there's some, you know, one-on-one clients. I have workshops that that I put together. I'm actually thinking now about potentially helping people, since I came from that place, helping people in the corporate world and maybe working with some corporations on doing some workshops and health coaching. So that's kind of my next thing that I'm thinking about expanding into, which is kind of cool. That's incredible. I think that one of my biggest criticisms with a lot of corporations is that they aren't thinking about those things. And it's like money, 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 money. But then what? What about the quality of life of your people? What about thinking about business in a different way? I think I find that entrepreneurial people, I am that way. I always am looking for multiple sources of income. I'm always looking for how I'm also a connector. I feel like you might be a connector also. Like I'm the person that's like, oh, you need to meet this person and here's why. And you guys could really work together. Like there could be something here. And I feel that that is so needed in the corporate world right now because corporations get so one track minded that then their people end up unhappy. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And thinking about your employees' productivity is not just how much they put out. It's also they can put out better work if they're happier, right? We we all know this in this industry in the health and wellness industry, but it's often you hear, you know, the director or the VP that's giving a talk to their employees and they're saying, like, great work. Everybody's working so hard, everybody's putting in so many hours, and that's what's rewarded. And that's what and then as a, as the employee, that's what you hear is that okay, if I work longer and harder that's when people think I've done a good job, not when I put out better work. And what might create putting out better work is having actually taking your vacation time. And actually these programs may be using a health coach and doing presentations where they say, oh, like here's what you could do in the morning to feel better throughout your day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's what should be rewarded. Not you worked longer hours and you worked harder than someone else, yeah. right? Well, and in America, we're in this like weird space of if you're not working like a dog, 
and being underpaid and just burning yourself at both ends, then you're not good enough. And there's this, I like how you, one of the things that you like to talk about is like this cancel culture idea of you are either working hard enough or you're not. And if you're not, you suck. And I would love to dive deeper into that because this is the shit that fires me up so hard. Like I do not believe that the more hours you put in means you are more productive. I actually feel like, I don't know. Have you ever read the book? It's called High Performance Habits. It's by Brendan Bouchard. I have not read that one. So he basically in this book, he teaches you how to figure out when you are the most productive. And I always thought that I was, I don't know why I thought this because it's never been me, but I always thought, oh, I'll, I work at night. Like I can get all my work done at night. I can get all my work done in the afternoon. Turns out I am most productive between the hours of 4 a.m. and 2 or 3 p.m. And after that, I'm useless. And so it's been a long journey. I've definitely designed my life in a way that I can have most of my work done before those hours because I know that's, and I know not everybody has that luxury, you know, or they're working towards having that. But I want to talk about this idea of work smarter, not harder. And how you, one of the things that you say is that it, like you ask the question of, is cancel culture making us sicker? And I would love to talk about that because I think it's so relevant for everybody right now. Yeah. Well, and to your point, I'm the same way. It's morning. Like once I hit 3 p.m., I'm kind of like for anything that's that's more analytical where I really have to be focused, I'm done. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> it's and it's kind of to your other point where you're saying, you know, maybe not everybody has that luxury, but maybe that's the point. Maybe we should even in corporations have the ability to say this is when I work. So I'm going to work. And I know there are certain times you have to all kind of be able to to have meetings together. And there's a chunk of time, maybe that's in the middle of the day, right? Yeah. Where you have to kind of be there. But if you work better at six in the morning and you know everybody has different things going on in their lives, people are remote teaching their kids. So if they can get a chunk of work done before that starts and they have to start actually being present and their kids are learning and they ha- you know, they're young, so they have to be there with them. It's just so difficult for people to be on these rigid schedules. I always listen to podcasts with um, billionaires. Like I like listening to different billionaires in their mindset. And Jeff Bezos, he won't make any, he works like four hours a day and he won't make any decision. And obviously it wasn't always like that, but he won't make any big decisions before about 9 or 10 a.m. And he won't make any big decisions after 4 p.m. Refuses because he said his brain is not at its big thing. So any big decisions he needs to make day to day need to happen between like 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. or he won't do it. That's and I was amazing. Like, <laughs> and look who he is, right? Like you can feel what you feel about him. Obviously, there's like obviously a lot of polarizing opinions of that man. But I think one thing we can agree on is that he is a business mastermind. Yeah. He's had some success for himself, right? We can agree on that. He's he's the guy. (laughs) Yeah. And I think too, there are so many decisions that our brains have to make every day that to think that we can make all those important decisions at any given hour, especially it's usually that late, 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 late night email in a corporation setting where you have to, it's like something very important that you have to respond and it's going to be make or break because no one's emailing you at 10 PM if it's not make or break. So that's the worst time to have that decision be made or have that call be made. And that's why, so I talk a lot about routines and habits and how we can incorporate new healthy habits into our life. And the reason for wanting to do that is because we have to make so many of these little decisions throughout the day. I don't know the number. I know there's statistics about how many decisions our brains make every day. And it's like some crazy astronomical number. But if we can avoid some of that with the things that we really just want to be regular, like obviously brushing our teeth is a given, hopefully for everybody, but there are some that we just want to be like, okay, I put on my workout clothes and I do, even if it's just mobility, I do something, I do some kind of movement every day. If that can become habitual, we don't have to think about that. Then we have more opportunity to be productive in other things that we do need to actually make that active decision. What are, do you think are some of the biggest things that people, because I love where this conversation is going because everything's all connected right? I mean, our mind, our body, our skin, our productivity, the way that we feel, the way that we treat others, it's all connected. And it can all come back to the way that we're fueling our bodies, the way that we're treating our bodies, how much sleep we're getting, when we're making decisions, it can all be tied back, right? Like it's all part of this this ecosystem that is our body. What are the top three things that you think people can do to like really increase their, I guess, their well-being. Because at the end of the day, increasing your well-being, whatever that looks like for you as an individual is just going to help you become like your best self, which is 
honestly what this whole podcast is about. So like, yeah. I, like I said, it's all connected. It is for sure. I think um, the first one that comes to mind and you kind of mentioned it too is, is sleep. I think a lot of this, so again, coming back to this culture of I'm going on four hours of sleep and it's, it's almost like this badge of honor to have less hours of sleep and be able to do more during the day. But really that's detrimental. It's super detrimental to our health and to our productivity long-term. There are some people that say like, I function well on four or five hours of sleep. And you might <laughs> right now, but long-term, that is not, that is nothing, doing nothing good for you. So I think sleep and really figuring out ways to, to actually make that happen. Like we kind of brush it off and we're like, oh, I could never have kids. I could never have this much sleep, but there can be ways, there might be ways. And that's kind of what I like to help clients with is how can we figure out how you can maybe go to bed earlier? How much are you scrolling? How much are you watching where you could maybe just go to bed earlier, you know, sleep a little later if possible, but usually it's go to bed earlier, right? So sleep, I think is huge. Because I'm all about this and I'm a health coach, I have to say, <laughs> the looking at your diet and just making sure that you are aware of how much highly processed food you're consuming and the products that you put on your body. I'm going to say that in one, that's both of those are like in one thing, just thinking about the chemicals and the highly processed stuff that we're putting in and on our bodies. And we don't realize the on our bodies piece as much, I think, with lotions and face skincare and shampoo, just all the other junk that's in that stuff. So, I mean, they say anything you put on your skin is absorbed in the bloodstream within 60 seconds. It goes right in. It's the, it's so, it's super absorbent. It's our biggest organ. Our skin's our biggest organ. So it's not, and I don't, you know, it's not as if, okay, if you wouldn't drink it, don't put it on your skin because there are some things that maybe we wouldn't want to consume. They would mess with our gut, but they might be natural and, you know, have good benefits and not not affect or, you know, if they are absorbed into our bloodstream, it might not be a big, it might not be a negative thing, right? Even though we wouldn't drink them. So (laughs) that one. And then I think making that space and time, like we were talking about earlier for things that ground you and and bring you happiness, right. And kind of like bring you back to center. So if you're, you know, a lot of people come to me and they'll have anxiety or they'll have stress. And I'm certainly not a therapist and I would never, I would always refer someone out for that, but these kind of more in the moment stress experiences, sometimes if you just get outside and like stick your feet in the grass (laughs) or go for a walk, you can come back to center and you, it, it doesn't affect you as much. So having, making sure that you're, you're separating and making time for those things is number three. So I notice that when I, I have a thing where I have to wake up at between four and 5 a.m. most mornings because my son wakes up at about 6.45 or 7. And I have like a whole list of things I need to do in the morning, right? I need to, I wake up, I drink lemon water. I immediately will write my gratitude for the day. I do some affirmations. I meditate. I have to move my body. Even if I'm going to work out later, like I, I at least stretch, right? For, for a few minutes. And then I read for 10 minutes every day or 10 pages every day. And I find that if I don't do those things before my son wakes up, then for the rest of the day, I am stressed out. I have anxiety. I get annoyed by my son, which shouldn't happen because, I mean, obviously, like as parents, we get annoyed with our children. Anybody who says they don't is lying to themselves. I know even though sometimes, and then even if I don't get that and then I'm stressed out all day, I don't go to bed earlier because I'm exhausted all day, but then I'm so wired because I didn't get the time for myself that I still go to bed late. And then it starts this vicious cycle that just never seems to end. And so I find that when I am allowing and creating space for myself first thing in the morning before anybody else is awake, and sometimes my fiance will wake up and like do her thing with me in the other's corner of the room. But if I don't get up and do my thing for me, I'm a mess. And I've found that when I am doing those things consistently and I am getting up and I'm allowing space for myself and then I'm eating better and I'm drinking more water throughout the day, I go to bed earlier, I'm clearer, I'm nicer to my son. It's, it is so true what you say about creating space for yourself because if you don't, then you get into this habit of eating terribly because you're tired. And when you're tired, you crave inflammatory foods. When you are stressed out, you're not drinking enough water and the anxiety is just making you more tense, right? So then you're not sleeping well. And then it's just this vicious cycle. Yeah. And I think you made a good point too, that it's almost like dominoes. If the first few decisions you make are really grounded and healthy decisions for you and what will help you feel productive and prepared for the day, then it's very likely that the decisions that follow are going to be, you know, follow suit. 
versus if you get up and you just look at your phone and you're scrolling and then that causes you to waste 25 minutes. So then you're like, well, I don't have time for a workout. And you don't do the workout and then you scroll more or you look at your email and you're stressed out and then you're like, okay, I'm going to skip this and that. I'm going to just get to work because I'm looking at these emails and now I'm stressed, right? You haven't made yourself breakfast. Like it just, it's dominoes. So if you start the day in the way that you describe or whatever it is for someone for, for themselves that makes them feel prepared for the day, then your whole day is better. Yeah. I want to talk about this. You, you mentioned if you wake up and you scroll now, obviously the last year of our lives, that's what everybody's been doing constantly is just scrolling and they haven't been going to work and they haven't been active as as active for the most part. I mean, trust me, I know people that have definitely stayed active and basically prepared for COVID like they were going to prepare for battle, which I don't know why more people didn't do that because that's what we did in our house. I was like, if there is a plague coming to this planet, you better believe that I am going 300. I am Sparta on its ass. Like I am going to... Like we really haven't drank in a year. We haven't been eating like shit for a year. Like we've been taking care of ourselves. We've been like pumping ourselves full of vitamins, but, or, and we've been scrolling a lot. And I think collectively as like a human consciousness, everybody has been so much more connected to their phones and so much more entwined in what everyone else is doing. And I would love for you to talk about like, in your opinion, obviously, like you said, you're not a therapist, you're not a doctor, but like in your opinion, what are the consequences associated with that? Yeah, well, I think so you you bring up a good point. So you bring up two really good points there that I definitely want to touch on the other thing too, preparing your body for for things like this, because COVID won't be the last thing that ever happens, right? But we'll get to that. But the scrolling, I think it's funny because it's almost like because we were cut off from everything, that is the connection. So there is probably some value to, to staying connected to just humans in general, if you're not really seeing people in person. I mean, hopefully that's kind of starting to change now. But for a year, I mean, we were so disconnected that some of it, I think, was maybe helpful. But then it kind of spirals out of control because we're like, then we get addicted to it. And then we start comparing. And then we start, what happens is I think when you first, when you get up and the first thing you do is pick up your phone and you start looking at, especially social media, the news too. I mean, there's so much negativity there. But in social media, you can start and think, this is just you know, light, easy, this is how I decompress, or this is how I whatever, if it's starting a day, you're probably not decompressing, but you're this is how you know, this is just calm and relaxing. But what happens in your brain is very different than that. It's comparison. It's should I be doing that? It's, oh, this is a morning routine. Should I be doing that morning routine at seeing something negative? Because there is some some news, you know, that you see there too. negative stuff happening in the world. Everybody's, you know, bashing someone else talking about how they're not showing up in the way that they should show up. And it ends up not only making you feel negative things, but also wasting your time because you could either be sleeping more because let's be honest, you turned off your alarm and you looked at your phone and you either could have had 20 more minutes of sleep or you could have gotten up and done something that, that made you feel good and grounded. And you're not doing either one of those. Yeah. I think it's wild because I've definitely been in that boat the last, and I, I think I used to be a person that, would just kind of mindlessly scroll. I mean, because obviously, you know, I teach fitness and I'm very like, ah, you can do anything. And then, you know, I run a business where I'm constantly telling people you can do anything. And then I found that sometimes just like mindlessly scrolling the internet would kind of just help me zen. But in the last year, I've realized that that's actually the opposite of what it it was doing. Because it's just overload. It's information overload that we're not meant to have. We're not meant to do that as humans. You know, we're meant to be connected with people on more of a like a one-on-one basis, not just like seeing 10 seconds of someone's life all day long. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a that's a really good point that it's like news, right? Like we see news from everywhere in the world right now, but we're not our, our yeah, I don't I don't know that we're again, I'm not <laughs> I don't know, evolutionary biologist. I don't know, but I don't think that we're designed really to understand all these different things that are going on in so many different places and to see people in so many different places and then not have that community of just like our, our close friends and family that we live near and, and we interact with. So it's a lot for our brains to process. And it's also, you know, you're talking about, it's a nice way to kind of decompress. I think we can also, it's not that it's the, it's the enemy that social media can't be used at all, but there's nothing against having a little culling session and just going through and anything that doesn't feel good that you don't really want to be seeing, just mute them. You don't have to necessarily even unfollow if you feel like you don't want to be insulting or whatever to someone that you might even know, but you just don't care to see their stuff. It doesn't bring anything to you. You can 
cull it and just make it the ones that kind of bring you joy. I am the queen of the mute. I love the mute button on Instagram and Facebook. I am I am such an advocate of it and it's you know people are like, "Oh, how would how would why would you mute somebody?" Because if it if it does not make you feel good, then you owe it to yourself to not see it for a while. Period. You know, it's we we worry so much more about what other people are going to think than we actually worry about what we need in this moment as humans, because maybe in a year from now, that person, the way that they choose to show up or the way that they're sharing information won't be as harmful to my psyche. But right now it is. And therefore, I'm not going to look at it. Exactly. You can always unmute. (laughs) Empowering for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back and talk about like the preparing for battle thing, because I I really... I love this conversation and I feel it actually shocks me how many people don't understand how awesome our immune system and our own bodies can be. And it's not, I think it doesn't have to be, it often, when we, when someone brings up this topic, it can be very polarizing and people are like, what do you not, you don't want the masks. And it's like, no, 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 do that too. (laughs) Get the vaccine if you want, but don't, just, you know, sit around and not try to make any changes in your life once you realize, oh, hey, maybe I could bulk up my immune system. Maybe I could be doing things that I didn't realize I should be taking more vitamin D or or zinc or these things that kind of help boost our immune system. Maybe I should be eating less processed foods and less sugars just to be prepared for the next time. It's not saying that this isn't real and don't wear masks. Of course, do do those things, (laughs) you know, in addition, but help your own body out. Yeah, that goes back to that cancel culture thing. Like, oh, if you for one second talk about, okay, yeah, I'm going to wear the mask when I go places and I'm going to do this and I'm going to make sure that I'm taking the vitamins that I'm, I am always taken and I'm also going to make sure that I'm sleeping enough and eating the right foods that are not inflammatory to my system and I'm going to stay away from a bunch of sugar and I'm going to stay away from a bunch of like greasy fried food. I'm going to do both of those things. Because for me, that's, I would feel like that's the best way to protect yourself against things like inflammatory viruses that come sweeping through the world, right? Right, right. That are literally super inflammatory. And we can eat certain foods and change our diet and change our lifestyle to, to have less of these inflammatory responses. And I think that's another thing with just the health coaching industry and just the wellness industry in general. There's this line where if you cross it, you're kind of canceled in some ways because people will call it toxic diet culture. And I think we have to recognize when things are actually toxic diet culture and when things are just kind of good advice and take it or leave it. Like you don't have to owe it. And I also, whenever I talk to my clients about this, or even just on Instagram, I, I talk about the 80, 20 kind of life a lot because no one's saying, well, some people are saying, but I'm certainly not saying don't ever, you know, have the fries or the wine or the chocolate, have that stuff for sure. But if the balance is off and you're having that a lot more often than you're nourishing your body with these whole foods and great from great sources, then yeah, you're not going to be equipped to deal with things that happen. You're not going to be equipped for aging. You're, you're going to be more prone to disease and chronic illness. So it's kind of like, listen, as a health coach, it would be irresponsible of me to say, nope, just eat whatever you want. If your body's craving all these things, that means just eat only those things. You've got to have kind of a balance and you can't just cancel everyone who says that health is important. <laughs> Well, right. And there's a reason why, because I've been there, right? When I went through my divorce, I was depressed as shit. And all I wanted was candy and sugar and cookies. And I went through a moment where I said, oh, well, this is just what my body wants. But the fact of the matter is my body wanted that because I was already in a toxic cycle. So it's just when you feel bad, you eat shitty and then you feel sh- you feel worse. And so you eat shittier. And it's just this. And for those of you who are listening, obviously, you can't see me making a circle with my fingers right now, but it's this toxic cycle. I was listening to I listened to the School of Greatness podcast with Lewis Howes, and he had Dr. Hyman, Mark Hyman on, who I'm obsessed with that man and the way that he thinks about just health in general, right? It's like you said, it's not one or the other, it's both. And there's a a space for both. There isn't a one size fits all to nutrition. There isn't a one size fits all to diet, which diet is just the way that you eat, right? So it's it's interesting. But one of the things that he said on that podcast, um, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, is he goes... Everybody always wonder, you know, it's, it's America's unhealthy by and large, we don't eat very well. And you can, if you've traveled outside of the U S you can see that we eat, we are the most overfed and malnourished country in the world. And you, 
he said, so it doesn't, it makes sense that when an inflammatory virus, which is what COVID-19 is, all these SARS viruses, they're inflammatory viruses, right? It makes sense that when you, when it enters the US, it's going to be like gasoline to a fire. And I heard that and I just like, yeah, I, I, I think I did a standing ovation, like in my car. It's <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Yes. It makes so much so sense. So I want to get your thoughts on that. I couldn't agree more. It makes so much sense. And we're not, and I think what we're hearing to address it is just the Band-Aid, which we have to put the Band-Aid on the cut, which is put on the mask and let's find a vaccine and let's make sure that nobody else, that we can limit how many people are infected by this. But we also have to then fix the problem. We have to fix the internal problem that's causing this in the first place. Maybe Band-Aid wasn't the best example because now I'm thinking like if you break a bone, you know, you can't just slap a Band-Aid on it. You have to you have to go in there and fix it and align it, right? You have to get the problem under control. And the problem, like you said, is a lot of these things, these lifestyle factors are making us more inflamed to begin with. And yeah, and just making it so much easier for it to spread in a bad way, like in a really bad way. Mm-hmm. The way that he put it is just, I'm a big fan of his too. The way that he put it just makes so much sense. Of course, it's gasoline to a fire. Yeah. If you guys don't follow Dr. Mark Hyman, you should. He wrote a book. It's called The Pagan Diet, but he's he's also, he's, he has his own podcast. He He's amazing. I'll, we'll tag him in the show notes if you want to go listen to him. But he, he, just like Gia said, you know, it's not that we're not, nobody's saying, don't wear the mask. Don't wash your hands. Don't, you know, stay away from people when you're sick. Like that's not what anybody's saying. I think what, what's being said here and the point that I'm hearing, and I love this point is, and empower yourself by taking care of this body that you were given and preparing yourself. It's like, if you were going to run a marathon, right, you wouldn't just go by all of the the goos and the the salt sticks and the electrolyte taps like you wouldn't just go buy all those products and then show up on race day and be like well let's give it a shot you would train for months and you would sleep a lot and you would drink water and you would eat healthy and you would increase your you would increase your stamina and your endurance so that you could be the most successful as possible at that race And you would buy the supplements to make sure that you were giving yourself that extra boost. Like I think when we address illness and just wellness in general, it's the same thing. You have to take care of your body. I love that example because yeah, and like the shoes and the shorts that are skin tight, so that you go a little bit fat that much faster. Right? You can't. You should do those things too, but you can't just do those things. You can't just put on the the amazing sneaker and think you're going to win the marathon or do well in the marathon. You have to put in the work beforehand, and it's. Also thinking about like, look, this isn't going to be the last time that something happens. Hopefully we don't see something like this in our generation, but there could be something else that's not as severe or some anything could happen, right? And you want to be as prepared as you can and not just wait for someone to tell you to stop breathing near people. There's got to be something more you can do. Than that. Yeah. I mean, I think too, this is like my biggest criticism of Western medicine is that that doesn't, that part of it is not talked about enough amongst most medical professionals, you know, and it's not, I don't know why that answer is. And I'm not, I'm definitely not trying to make this a polarizing topic, but I would love to see education happening from the time our kids are young about less sugar. You know, my, it's so funny because we're recording this episode in March and St. Patrick's Day. My son, I was like, hey, we should get you some lucky charms for St. Patrick's Day. And he goes, what's that? And I had a moment where I went, oh my gosh, you're so deprived. But then I said, hell yeah, you don't know what that is. And it was like a nice mom moment because that shit has so much sugar in it. And that is what's being marketed to our children from the time they are like able to chew on solids. And I want education to change around what we are eating so that we can empower people to make the best choices possible so that when things like pandemics happen, we don't feel that the only option we have is to hide in our house with masks and sanitizer and being afraid of everyone because that like fear of everybody and that that anxiety is not helping us. Right. You know, and like imagine how much more empowered we could have been over the last year if we would have had over like a, a general knowledge of proper ways to fuel our body, proper ways to take care of our body, the importance of sleep, the importance of anti-inflammatory foods, the importance of mindfulness and staying grounded, all of these things. Imagine the difference the last year would have been, you know? 
Yeah. And it's even things that we don't think of as pandemics, but are affecting so many people, especially in this country, like diabetes and like some of these autoimmune diseases that are maybe stem from, maybe we can figure out that maybe they stem from dietary things. Right. But even something like diabetes, how many people suffer from that? And if they had, and I'm talking about type two, I'm not talking about when it's developed later in life. And a lot of it, I don't think it's the fault of those people because they're not educated and I don't mean they're uneducated. I mean, we're, we're not educating as a society. Like you're saying, kids, when they're young, here are the things that we should be eating. And I can't tell you how many times I walk through a grocery store and like come home and talk to my fiance and be like, can you believe this? And he's just like, what is she like ranting about now? And it's like Lucky Charm cereal or something that we're, we're marketing towards children. I saw some yogurt. It was like Play yogurt, like Starburst flavored. And I was like, why is the candy flavored yogurt something we need to market to children? We should be it's mm-hmm. crazy to me, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's insane. Yeah. Well, you know, and also I think we have to mention too that there's always that this can spark a whole conversation about the economic divide, you know, between like lower income communities and like because growing up, sure, I mean I'm 33, so I grew up with the food pyramid telling me that, you know, what was healthy and what wasn't. And obviously the food we I think everyone pretty much realizes that the food pyramid is more or less bullshit at this point. Yeah. You know, and created by people who really have no interest in keeping us healthy at all. It's interesting because I, my son, you know, he's never had soda. He's never had sugary cereal. He's never had any of these things. But then I I think about, you know, lower income communities and that's why is organic so expensive? Why are fruits and vegetables more expensive than Coca-Cola and cookies? That that's a huge issue that I would love to see change in our lifetime. Yes. Which it probably wish. But maybe not. I mean, because it's all about, well, yeah, maybe it is because it's all, I was going to say, because it's all about who the government gives subsidies to potentially (laughs) like that could really change things. And when, when grain and corn and meat and dairy, of course, which I'm not against meat and dairy in certain situations, but factory farming, I'm certainly not, not in support of, but like when it's all about corn and soy and wheat those are the things that everything's made of. Those are the things that every processed food is made of. But if subsidies were given to farmers who have broccoli and cabbage and peas, you know, then those things could be cheaper. And it's a great point that you bring up that it's also not the reason I just want to emphasize. It's not the fault of the people who maybe have developed these chronic illnesses, because first of all, there's education. Second of all, there's doctors potentially not shedding light on other things that they can do in their health and not just pills. And then it's also food deserts and availability of these things to anyone and everyone, you know, even if you have a lower income or you're not, you're in a certain, in an inner city or anywhere, like it should be available to everyone, like you're saying. And I, I used to live in Bushwick in in Brooklyn and where I lived, there was like a bodega and then you'd had to, you have to walk like 20 minutes maybe to get to a grocery store. And it's a very expensive grocery store. It's like unreasonable, ridiculous prices for anything healthy. And it's like, of course, you're not going to be able to. Go, walk that far all the time or pay that much all the time. So you're going to just get what's there. Yeah. That right. needs to change right. for sure. Yeah. I, you know, it's so funny that you, you mentioned that it's not the fault because my dad was type one diabetic and he passed away in January, but he's been type one since he was seven. So he died at 64. So 57 years of his life, he was type one diabetic. And when he was growing up, he grew up in the generation of type one diabetics where they said, Oh, you have a low blood sugar? Just eat a Snickers. You'll be fine. Eat a Snickers. Drink a Coca-Cola. Drink guava. What is that? Kern's. Remember Kern's juice that was just sugar? That is what my dad had. So not only was my dad through his adulthood fully addicted to sugar and therefore processed food, he also became insulin immune because he just was never given the tools. I mean, even towards the end of my dad's life, when he was in and out of the hospital, I was appalled at the food that they were serving a diabetic. They were giving him soda in the hospital. Oh like the gosh. nurses were giving him soda. It's Sprite Zero, he would say. And I, I just, it made me so angry because I just had this moment where I said, I'm fine because I've been trying so long to get him to eat right. And I tried so hard to like get him to think about the way that he was fueling his body. But I just in that moment said, I'm going up against big, big, big companies. You know, these subs- these government subsidies that like fund the food that goes into hospitals and the food industries and all these things like this is who we're up against. And it's so 
messed up because this is what my dad grew up thinking was okay. So you have this guy that a normal diabetic to go down a couple hundred, you know, blood sugar units would take four units of insulin, you know, to go from like a 250 back down to a normal range. My dad would take 40. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, everybody said, oh, but he did so good with diabetes. You know, he took care of his diabetes, which, okay, yeah, he never lost a limb. He never went blind. You know, those things, great. But the man was fully addicted to sugar. He, he ate nothing but processed food and he was insulin immune. So somewhere along the way, somebody gave him incorrect information. And it's just, yes, it's changed a little bit. They are educating diabetics a little better now on eating fruit and, you know, things and keeping a balanced diet, but it's still not where it should be. And it's also to your point, like we're, you're up against, there are corporations that have a lot of money and so things are going to happen for them. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a kind of an uphill battle, but I don't want to make it seem like it's <laughs> never going to happen. I think it can, but I think it's going to take a long time and a lot of work to get it systematically better, right? Because like you said, it's not any, it's something that your dad learned from a young age. And then it's also once you're in that cycle where you have these, this like sugar addiction and these cravings, it only gets worse every time you feed it with more sugar and then you crave it more. And you kind of notice that if you ever have done like any sort of elimination diet to figure out gut health issues or anything like that, where you notice you just stop kind of stop craving those things if you don't have them. But if you, as soon as you do, like it kicks back into gear, it's almost like I feel the same with coffee. If I'm having a lot of coffee a bunch of days in a row and I'll start to get headaches when I don't get, when I don't have it. But if I kind of switch and I'm having decaf or like having half a cup or something like that, then I don't really crave it as much. I want something else in the morning. I don't need the coffee. Right. And it's the same thing. So then you're in this cycle, like your dad was where it's not, again, it's not the fault of the person who's who's going through that. We have to systematically change how our food availability and the messaging and the education around it, all of those things. Well, and the longer you go eating a certain way, right? It's going to be harder to switch. So I think about my dad and I would constantly try to give him probiotics or, you know, give him like extra greens or something. And he would always tell me he couldn't do it because it made him sick. And I said, well, yeah, it's going to for a while. It, you're a drug addict, essentially, you know, going through withdrawals. Like that's what you are. I mean, it's going to suck for a while. And it's just that was too much. The sugar had, because sugar affects people's brains like way more than people think it does. And I could just see my dad not mentally strong enough to like go through that. Yeah. And it's sometimes with when you get that far down that path, you really have to just start super small. And when you think it's small enough, like start smaller because you want to just be able to, I don't, so I'll bring up another book. It's called Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. And it's, have you read that one? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, that one's a great one. And I think it just makes so much sense. And of course, he's he's done all the, he's a behavioral scientist, I believe. So he's done all this research. And so it's actually based in science. It's not just, here's my thoughts based on my own, just based on the anecdotal experience that I've had. It's, it's this is science, right? So if you start really small and your brain gets that, okay, I succeeded at this and I'm continuing to succeed because it's just a little thing, a little tweak that I'm doing, then you can build on that. And sometimes we, especially with like, you know, New Year's resolutions, or when someone's trying to lose weight for the summer or the wedding or the whatever, they're like, okay, I'm just gonna cold turkey everything, go crazy and not have anything that I enjoy, <laughs> just have kale and lemon water only, nothing else. It's that's not gonna last, that's not sustainable. And if you actually what you actually want is to be healthy and to feel good in your body and to feel confident and have energy, then this type of thing is not sustainable. So you're not going to be able to feel that way indefinitely and you're going to stop. So of course, then you're going to revert back to your old ways and the cycle continues. So if somebody's listening right now and they're like, I need to make better choices, like they've listened to this interview and now they go, I need to make better choices. What are like top three things? I mean, they might be the same thing that you mentioned earlier, but what are like three things that people should start with? Like if they're looking to improve the quality of their being? Yeah, I think so top three things, those are definitely in there. I think it it depends on where you're where you're at right now. So if you're kind of like, whoa, I definitely have the soda, I definitely have the, the sugary cereal all the time, and you're kind of starting from that point, then it can just be as simple as pick one meal of the day and try to add like an extra serving of vegetables, right? Like do something as as kind of like simple and straightforward as that. Not easy because it might not be easy for you, but simple, just add another serving of vegetables on the plate and have the same total amount on the plate. So that serving of vegetables is taking the place of maybe some of the bread or some of the rice or something. You can start there. You can start with something if you're kind of a little more like, okay, I eat pretty healthy, but I don't 
I don't know if I'm like all the way there or I don't feel great. And maybe it's water intake. You know, it could be as simple as getting one of those like half gallon things that turn a different color as you drink them and they help you kind of go throughout the day. And you just say, okay, I'm just going to try to finish this every day. That's it. I just have to finish a bottle of water. So it can really, it really depends on where you're at and what your goal, ultimate goal is, but just starting really small or like maybe it's not watching TV an hour before bed. That's it. Just do something else. Read a book, do some stretching, like anything else, right? Or maybe it's a half an hour. You start with a half an hour. If you're really like someone who falls asleep with the TV on and you're like, this is too much for me, try a half an hour. But just start really small and start with something that you know, ultimately, if you do this consistently, it will lead to something good, something that aligns with this goal that you have. I love, love, love this conversation. We could have this conversation all day, but I want to be mindful of your time. Why you're so passionate about this. And I love watching you talk about this because you can just tell, like, I'm a huge believer that when somebody is fully aligned with their passion and like their purpose on this planet, there is just magic that happens. Why are you so passionate about this? What was it? That's a great question. (laughs) Cause I think I've always sort of been tuned into it, but I think that period of my life that I kind of talked about where the divorce was happening. And I was like, what am I doing with my career? It was sort of like worlds colliding, all these different areas colliding. And it kind of felt like I knew I was, I was working out regularly. I was eating pretty healthy back then. I was actually vegan back then. Not that that's healthier or less healthy, but that, that was my, yeah, that was my thing back then. And I was like, but why am I still always exhausted? Why am I still always miserable? And the answer to that was I was in the wrong career, in the wrong marriage, in the wrong city, right? And nothing was aligned. So I think for me, it was that pivotal moment of saying like, look, it's not too late. I think I was like 20, I don't know, late 20s, mid to late 20s. And to think that I had those thoughts back then of like, it's too late because I've been doing buying and planning for like six years. It's too late. Like it's like, that's crazy to me now that I think look back, but having that kind of epiphany and then doing the things and getting out of the city, getting out of the marriage, getting out of that career and the changes that I felt, I know that other people can feel those things if they just really take it seriously and they really take these steps and they understand that it doesn't have to be in the blink of an eye because there were a, there was a lot of struggle in that time period right until where I am now. So it's not overnight. You do have to start slow and you have to kind of trust the process. But I think I got there. I think people can get there. That's beautiful. I fully fully agree. I love that so much. I love when you said that it doesn't happen overnight, but it is possible. Obviously, this podcast is all about finding the acoustic you. And you are actually, it's so funny because I I have so many guests on here that just, you know, we get really deep. And I love that this conversation took the health route because I am so passionate about how interconnected health and mindset and goals and the acoustic version of myself are all connected. That's like my biggest passion in life is helping people to understand that. I would love to know what your definition of living an acoustic life is. I would say not living in fear of or making decisions based on anyone else's reaction. So just instead, how do you feel about that decision that you're making? Or, you know, instead of living in fear of what somebody else is going to think or what somebody else, how somebody else is going to react how do you feel about it? How are you going to react to it? And if it's good, do it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, guys, you better write that down. You better take some freaking (laughs) notes because that is so true. If we're constantly living in reaction to what other people are thinking, then we're not living. Yeah, We're not living. And I think so many people have learned that lesson, especially over the last year. But just I've learned that from the time I was 27 until now, that, that was the biggest shift was I had to do me right? If I'm going to be happy, I got to do the things that bring me joy. And I got to make decisions for my life and my body and my, you know, family that are going to fill my cup up because that is the only way that I'm going to be able to give out what this gift that I have, which is, you know, helping people to live their best and acoustic life. So I adore you. Go ahead, plug yourself all the places. If somebody (laughs) wants to work with you, where can they find you? Tell us all the things. Yeah. So my website is just giathehealthcoach.com. That's that's a good place. Or my Instagram is just Gia Gallinello. And hopefully we can write that in the notes because I don't know if anybody's going to be able to spell it. <laughs> but those are, yeah. We will. It'll be in the notes, you guys. Those are the best places. Thank you for your time and just all of those amazing nuggets. We finish every episode with quick fire. I don't know if you've heard that on our episodes. Yeah, let's do it. How are you with quick fire? 
I think I'm good. Well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> We're going to find out. We are going to find out. Okay. Are you ready? You get one minute, as many questions as possible that we can have. And you don't have to explain your answers. Just give them. Okay. You ready? Yep. Favorite color? Blue. Best friend from childhood? Oh, you can't make me say that out loud. <laughs> there, might, there might be someone who listens who's like, not me. Oh, from childhood. From childhood. Okay. I'll go with the oldest one and I'll say Ashley. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. Would you rather go to the mountains or a beach destination? Mountains, 100%. Would you rather go on a private jet or a private yacht? Yacht. I feel like there's more to do. (laughs) Favorite article of clothing you own? I have this Stones hoodie. It's like a white hoodie and it's like worn in and it's just the most comfortable thing. I wear it probably three times a week. (laughs) The best. You're getting on a plane right now. Where are you going? Thailand. If you could sit down and have coffee with anybody dead or alive, who would it be? Oh my God. (sighs) Obama. I don't know. (laughs) Best piece of advice you've ever been given. Oh God. I don't know if I was given this or what, but I've, it's in my head. So maybe I said it, but whatever. (laughs) One of the kindest things you can do for yourself is to keep the promises that you make to yourself. That was the perfect way to end that. You did pretty good. Is that did I get a lot done? <laughs> yeah, the average is like the average is like 10-ish, okay. you know? And you did pretty good. Okay. That was great. There. I don't know. Obama threw me off. <laughs> it's like yeah, well, cool. everybody always has one. Everybody always has one where they're like, why did I say that? I, I don't know. know why I said that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean he's cool. I would love to have have a coffee with him, but <laughs> I'd love to have a conversation with him. Sure, why not? <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you want to share before we we let you go? I think you know what? I think we covered it. We covered it all. I just want to share that I'm I'm grateful to you for having me on and your your energy is just so great. So I was like, you know, the day was like a little with energy, but this rounded it out so well because your energy is so great. So I'm going to go into the night feeling feeling really good. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad. And we should, guys, we're going to have Gia back. Maybe, maybe we'll like work together and do some sort of like workshop or, you know, for anybody like looking for, for something and I don't know, looking to start somewhere, right? Like you said, if you're yeah, just starting I would somewhere. Love yeah. We'll, we'll chat. We're going to, we're going to go into the lab and then we'll let you know, but <laughs> yeah, have a beautiful rest of your night and we'll talk to you soon. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye. I have to tell you about my new favorite CBD company. Their name is Equilibria. They are women-owned. They are POC-owned. And they are just dope freaking humans. These girls are changing the game, in my opinion, for what CBD is and can be. When you order from them, you get a dosing specialist, somebody to help you learn about CBD. And it's all hemp CBD, so you're not going to get high. There's no there's no hallucin- like hallucinatory THC, nothing like that in it. It is all just for wellness. And when you meet with a dosing specialist, they teach you what you should be using CBD for, when you should be taking it, how much you should be taking. And then you can also get your questions answered. So if you do have any reservations around taking CBD, maybe you have other medications you're on or other illnesses and you want to know if you know it's going to mix well, they will answer all of your questions. They have nurses, they have geniuses, scientists, all the things working with them. And so I have really been loving getting to know them. Their product is amazing. Their product packaging is so beautiful. If you do want to check them out, go to Equilibria's website. Use my code Danielle on the daily at checkout. You will get 15% off your order. And tell me what you think because I'm obsessed. Guys, I could talk to her all day. When I say that we're going to have her back on, I'm I'm not kidding because there's just so many different things that we could talk about and that conversation literally could have gone for three hours. I know it, but none of you are going to listen for three hours. So we're just going to have to have her back on. Listen, none of the episodes on this that we have on the show are ever meant to like polarize or trigger anybody. So I want you to know, first and foremost, this podcast is all about just like sharing information that you may not be privy to. 
and a, a different perspective always, right? Because the more that we listen, I you've heard me call it radical listening. The more that we listen, the more that we seek to understand, the more empowered we can be, the better we're going to treat ourselves, the better that we're going to treat other people, and the better that we're going to be as a whole. So I cannot thank Gia enough for giving us her time and her wisdom. That episode was just so good. And I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you are, like I said at the beginning, if you are loving this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. I learned this when I started a podcast. And this is as full transparency. Podcasts are such a word of mouth business. It is all about networking. It's all about sharing it with your friends. So the way that this podcast gets into more ears is if you share it. So subscribe. We love Apple Podcasts. That is how we get our, our true metrics. And you know, when we're looking to expand, those are the metrics we look at are on Apple Podcasts. So you can listen to this anywhere. But if you have some time, go to Apple Podcasts, give us a subscribe, give us a rating, write us a review. The writing of the review is so important. And I literally will read every single one of them. Follow us on Instagram. You can find me at Danielle underscore on the daily. You can find the podcast at on the daily pod and slide into our DMs. Tell us what you're loving. Tell us what you want more of. If you are a guest that needs to be heard, I want to meet you. If you know a guest that needs to be heard, I want to meet them. And as always, you can just say hi because I love a good conversation. But wherever you are, I hope you're having the most amazing day. We'll be back on Friday for a solo episode and then next Tuesday with more interviews. Have a good one. Bye.